Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode on the Agency Hacker Podcast. I'm Lance Johnson, one of the coaches here at Agency Hacker, and I'm here today with Corbett Chandler. Corbett is, he's a business coach, founder and CPO of Apex Current, and a guy with a really interesting story. Corbett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Lance. I'm excited to be here, man. Yeah, great to have you. So we were chatting a little bit beforehand, but I feel like I'm just, I'm just chomping at the bit to get the episode started and hear more from you, but Tell us a little bit about what Apex Current does. Yeah, so Apex Current, um, I founded it in 2017 and we're a performance-driven digital ad agency. So everything we do is based on driving tangible results for, for our clients. Um, so if you're a mobile app company and you're trying to drive app installs or you're an e-commerce business you're trying to drive online sales or orders, or you need qualified leads for like your local service business. And we work with businesses really of all, all shapes and sizes, but probably our smallest businesses are somewhere between three and five million annually, just because of the way we set up our, our, our structure and the clients we work with, but um, all types and sizes for sure. That's fascinating. Do you guys have a specific platform that you focus in on or is it really cross-platform? Yeah, it's cross-platform these days. You, you, you've got to be, we, we've got to go where um, the, the brand's buyer is, right? And so whatever platform that buyer's on, we can optimize ads and, and with machine learning and the algorithms that are built into these platforms, you know, you can optimize for these conversions, but I cut my teeth on Facebook. That's what I learned. And so when I started, that's really what I was doing. But I realized quickly, one, that Facebook's not an end all be all right. If you think about it as, as a hierarchy, um, Google, even if you look at their ad revenue is much larger than Facebook, right? They're doing like 120 billion a year in ad revenue. Facebook's like 40, 50 billion. But people like if you don't have a Facebook account, which half the world does. But if you don't have a Facebook account, you're going on Google to get there, right? To, to look for Facebook to, to sign on or create, create an account. And so anyways, so we got Google and, and search intent is a big part of the business, right? As far as people looking for that shoe or whatever that item is out there and then retargeting on, on social media networks. But we're, we're all, on all of them, and, um, all the major ones are probably ones you haven't, haven't heard of, you know, third, third That's really fun. I, I'm curious now of like, what, what are the secret ad networks out there? What well, they're, they're third-party buyers, you know, so there's one called Critio that's um, like a $5 billion company and they're buying remnant space, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I think there was like Site Scout back in the day or something that was sure. like a real yeah. early remnant media thing. It's like, this is sweet. Impressions are so cheap, but... Right, right. Oh, it's so just how... got to work. It's just got to work. I mean, we look... So, so I, I can compare what I do at my agency to day trading. Um, and so, you know, the difference is the you know it's new york stock exchange it's business hours right we don't we don't close right we don't close at 5 p.m um you know and if ads are running over holidays christmas whatever it is you know and and they're not working we've got to get in there and change them and make it work for our client mm, yeah that's the work-life balance thing is difficult what's that especially on the performance side when you're, when you're, when your goal is results and, um, you, you've, you know, committed to driving some sort of return for, for your client, a tangible return, you know, you've got to make sure their, their money's being spent well and it's, it's driving whatever result they need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like even just from an integrity side where it's like, okay, you know, I, my background was direct response marketing as well. I'm like, man, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to deliver what I said I was going to deliver and it is frequently not easy where you are. Yeah. It's, I, now I want to pick your brain since you said your background is direct response because we didn't before we jumped on we didn't uh, get to cover right. that part. That's awesome. I love it. 
I, I call what I do brand response. So it's like a marriage between the brand side and the direct response side, right? And finding this sort of happy balance, but making sure whichever way it leans, it, it's effective. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes sense. We actually had a guy, Tim, oh, what was Tim's last name? He, was, he had a very similar model for health and beauty brands. That okay. Mainly beauty brands. Where I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, I actually don't know that much about branding. And so it's always a little bit of a black box. And it's cool to see it starting to merge a little bit because it feels like it's a time horizon difference that a direct response company has a, they want shorter ROI terms and a brand response seems like they are willing to stretch out. They, they need to build the brand profitably, but I don't know. Tell us a little bit about brand response because it's. Yeah, sure. Well, and, and, and you got even more technical than maybe I feel how I feel about it, but I, I worked on the big brand side for 15 years, was the VP of marketing um, for a major franchise brand, right? When I kind of stepped out and decided to do my own thing and, and start Apex in, in 2017. And um, so there's that background and experience there of building a brand and working for, for big brands and, and, and sort of honoring the sanctity of what it is. But then there's also, so you've got all this, right? Which is like what the CEO wants or whatever it is, you're, you're brand style guide and branding and all of that and trying to kind of build that name recognition. But then on the other side, you've got what's effective, direct response, right? Like stepping inside the mind of the buyer, right? And figuring out what their wants and needs are. And I mean, I tell clients all the time, um, you know, I, I don't care what you how, how you feel or what you think, I'm showing you what the data says, right? So your brand color might be blue or you might want this button to be blue, but green is what that, the market data is showing us converts. So. I can make it blue, but this is where the results are, you know? And so that's kind of the marriage, figuring out how that all, all works together. Yeah. So you're kind of like doing hostage negotiation where like the hostage is the results mm -hmm. and then like the terrorist is the brand. Man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, sometimes maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think the brand managers actually often have like a really good long-term view of things. Sure. Like, we're really strategic, but it's the opinion game can be really hard. When someone's like, my opinion is I like blue more. That's totally reasonable. Yep. And you're not the customer. So do you want to, do you want to get your preference or do you want to get your bonus? Because those two things don't always go together. Well, and, and, and as it's been said, buyers are liars too. So I've been in situations where they might survey some customers, but then again, in the marketplace or when someone's on their phone by themselves or on their computer shopping, looking for a, a product or service, they re respond and react differently than they do in any sort of quantifiable, you know, scenario. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Actions don't lie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, that sounds like a super interesting background. You started at a major franchise, your VP of marketing and uh, what happened, right? How did you get here? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it, my sort of story has been, been shared. Uh, it, it's a big part of, I mean, why I'm where I'm at now. But like I said, cor corporate America for 15 years, but in 2016, I got viral meningitis. I was in the ICU with 104 degree fever. Um, uh, so had a, a week stay in the ICU at Brookwood Hospital in Birmingham, Alabama, and um, almost died. And, and that came out of that and really struggled, man. Struggled with kind of what my why was and purpose and what I was doing. And this is when I was the VP of marketing for this, this major franchise brand. Um, and so, through that, I, I come back to, to, to work and I'm at the office and I'm like, I don't have a trade. I'm just, you know, um, kind of like, what's my value? What, what's, what's the worth that I'm bringing? Um, and decided just to start saying yes to opportunities. Um, and that company ended up bringing on a consultant who I believe is one of the best Facebook marketers in the world. 
And I raised my hand to learn how to, you know, punch the keyboard and actually run ads. Fell in love with it. Started learning the um, funnel side, CRM side. Started learning other platforms. Started consulting. Um, ended up taking my uh, VP of marketing job, the company I was working for, and rolling them over as a client. And it was off to the races at that point. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. The first client, I, I always like to hear the first client story. And that's yeah. a- Maybe the fourth, actually. <laughs> I, already, oh, really? I, was at a, I was in a position where I could have stepped out. Um, my my income as a consultant with other brands um, surpassed what I was, you know, my, my VP of marketing role. Um, but it made sense. And we've still got a great relationship to this day. Wow, that's really neat. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you share the best Facebook consultant? In the- oh yeah, no, Brad Bearden. I love him. He's still a mentor of mine. Um, yeah, yeah. He he is uh, he's a stud. He's a stud. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send him a link to this when it goes live. He'll, he'll definitely. That'd be awesome because it's. I would have anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's always cool to hear. Like I think that uh, I had a, a, almost a reverse experience. Right, started an agency and I co-founded some e-commerce company and felt like I learned a lot, but wanted to learn more. So I actually got a job at a big direct response company that I had done some funnel work for. I said. My agency runs without me. Why don't I go and work for you guys? Like it's a pay cut, but the agency will bring in the money whether they're there or not. And it's amazing what you can really learn from the best. Like it's disproportionate what you can learn. From it's insane. Best. I mean, I spent six months shoulder to shoulder with this guy um, and, and really realized that I had this sort of intellectual property. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was, I mean, I love that, like thinking back to that season of transformation um, and you know, I, I signed clients, ended up signing clients. N- none of them were based in Birmingham. Birmingham's on cent- the central time zone. I signed two out in Los Angeles, right? Um, West coast time. I signed one in Miami East coast. Um, and, uh, uh, so I was working just an insane amount of hours because, uh, you know, during the day I was at my VP of marketing role, but in the mornings I would arrange calls with the company in Miami cause they were an hour ahead. And then after I was finished with work, I, the companies I was consulting with in LA, I'd be uh, arranging calls with them and going through strategies. And so it was, uh, it, it was, it was crazy. And I, I overpromised, but I, I didn't want to under deliver. So what happened was I, you know, got in bed with some of these bigger brands, um, consulting and, um, ended up just having to figure it out. It was the first time in my life. I remember going, I can't blame this on anyone. Like I remember one night I was uh, working on a CRM project for my client, Miami, and everything got erased. And it was like a entire night of work and you look around and there's no, like it's, it's on you and you've got a deadline and you've got to get it done. And I did, but it was a hard lesson to learn at the time. Ooh, that's like, I, I don't know. Chills run down my spine. <laughs> yeah. I, was saying, I think we've all had like some moment like that. I remember I had a, a 3am sales letter where I was like doing direct response in school. And I mean, some of those, some of those ones you're like, all right, I just know that I've got to push it for this one. And Hopefully, I won't have to do it much anymore, which is true. But gosh, yeah, I think it's easy to forget that there's two extremes that sometimes people run to is either they say, oh, well, that's the life of an entrepreneur and that's what it should be like forever. Or they say, I'm never going to do that and I'm not going to pay the dues. It's like, right. well, you got to pay some dues, but it probably shouldn't be. I imagine you don't have a ton of nights where you erase everything in the CRM. Yeah, I mean, I'll still pull an all-nighter here and there, but it's 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 by choice and it's not it's not because of a, a sense of urgency or, or need more. So I just like the quiet That's you know? true. and when it makes sense and there's no emails coming in, there's no, your phone's not ringing. And, and sometimes I can get in this great workflow. I know it's not healthy, but I, I feel like there's other benefits to it, you know? Um, and, and 
So I enjoy, I enjoy that kind of quiet and being able to just focus and not worry about any sort of distractions. Yeah. No judgment from me. I, I definitely prefer late nights. I got married in January and my wife. Oh, congratulations. Thank yeah. you. And so that means I don't do as many late nights anymore. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, I have my daughters every other week. Um, I share time with her mom. So we, we have one week on, one week off. So when I don't have them, you know, that's more so when I'll do stuff like that. But then I can yeah. go, you know, sleep and sleep in afterwards or whatever. So um, yeah, that makes totally it'll sense. work that way. Yeah. Okay. So you started VP of marketing, big franchise, amazing Facebook mentor comes in. You're like, I like this. I have intellectual property now that I can offer this to other people. And I think I would enjoy it more because it's, it's more like a trait and it's, and let's be real. It's a dopamine rush. Like you run some ads, you try it out, you see what works. You get, I, it is still the most fun, right? I'm just always looking for reasons. For well, I tell people, I don't know that, um, if I'm as good as I think I am at what I do, it's more so my competitive nature, my drive. Sure. Right. And it's like, I'm going to win and I'm going to get the results, you know, and I'm going to do what it takes to get there. Yeah. yeah. So what was the next step? Cause honestly, you were, you were one of the people that, um, I think you're the first person I've talked to on this podcast, at least for you scaled up quickly to seven figures, right? Yep. And then you said, Hey man, this is the part of the story that I'm so curious about what happened next. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a, it was a wild ride for sure. So, um, started in 2017, first 12 months hit, hit 1.2 million annual recurring revenue. Um, I mean, it just took off like a rocket ship that you're putting together as it's, you know, soaring through the stratosphere. Um, and I, you know, we got up to 12 full-time people or so. Um, and, and they were contract employees, but, you know, paid full-time and had dedicated office space, all of that. Um, and I, you know, I realized kind of the more people I brought on, it's not that they weren't, they weren't great. I mean, I feel like I had a great team. Um, I'm not the delegator type. I'm the lead by example and I'm a workhorse. Right. And so, so there's that, and I didn't have that structure where there was another leader or partner to, to kind of take, take on that role. But two, it was just, I just continued to work more. I never saw with the, with performance and conversion rate optimization, it, it was just incredibly challenging to scale. We built some marketing products. We tried to, but they were in the medical verticals. Doctors can be challenging to work with and clinics and things like that. Um, so the, the profitability was great, but um, it just wasn't, I was exhausted. So by 2019, uh, in June, I actually raised about half a million dollars, <clears throat> about half a million dollars in funding and built a technology product over the next year. Um, I kept Apex going, but I had wound it down cons considerably. Um, and um, we were going for a, a, our second raise of, of 2 million uh, with a group out of North Carolina and the lockdown hit. Everybody pulled out, no one was investing at that point. Um, and so then I started kind of winding Apex back up, but keeping it at a more reasonable sort of um, uh, a reasonable, well, at least where my time would be a reasonable amount of uh, hours worked, right? And um, I realized, you know, with the pandemic, it, it caused this force, forced kind of break, right? And I think as a father, I'm going to look back very fondly on that time because um, I could have still gone to my office. I could have, that I, I moved all my stuff home and I ended up spending a lot of time with my daughters that I had missed those first couple of years building that business. And I was like, I'm never going to sacrifice this again. Um, and my girls are, are nine and uh, six or about to be nine and, and six. And, um, you know, now their mother and I, we, we've parted ways. Um, we got divorced a year ago and, um, I have, I have them 50, 50. And so, you know, they trust me. I, I built that equity with them and I was able to rebuild that during that time. And so I work my schedule. There's kind of sort of where I want the company to be at, where I want monthly revenue or, or my income and the revenue to be at. 
and um, you know, the value that can be provided to our clients, but then how much time I do everything when I have my daughters, right? Take them to school, pick them up, make their lunches, um, you know, make dinner, all, all that stuff. And so there's just a balance there. So, you know, scaling back and staying at, at uh, sort of a below seven figures made more sense because I about killed myself with what I do getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to see like the different types, right? Where there's, uh, there's different kinds of agency owners. There's a person who's like, I've got, I, I just am a strategic big picture. I stay back and we strategize and then everybody else tackles the in the weed stuff. And there's folks a little bit more like you, which I mean, honestly, sometimes I wonder like, do you, and this is, is a random question, but do you think that your dream job is to be a consultant that just, you know, if you could just be a really high paid consultant and just work with more valuable clients, is that more of a thing? Or is it like you like the agency idea of productizing and making it a system? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, that's a great question. So like when I was consulting in, in the early days um, and sort of branched out and got my own, own office space, everything, again, still just me, but I had a dedicated space at this point. Um, I, I had this kind of decision because I was leading these uh, business workshops and trainings, right? Where I would, it, they were $10,000 a day. These businesses would pay me to come in and, and do a training. Um, and that was going really well. But I was trying to work myself out of the equation. I was trying to figure out the scale factor, right? And so I went with the agency route because I, and I, you know, didn't call it the corporate Chandler agency. It was Apex Currents, Liz, right? Um, because I wanted to build something and it was, I wanted to build something that brought a legacy. Um, but also that had value without me being part of that equation. Um, the reality is that wasn't the case. I was still the Mickey Mouse. I was still doing the brunt force of, of, of the, the workload because you just can't, again, we talked about the day trading and, you know, if, if those ads are getting changed, if somebody's got ads running on holidays or, or something like that, some sort of promotion, I'm, I can't ask somebody to change those. That's on me, right? Uh, on the performance side. And again, if it's not returning for the client, they have to be, you have to switch the assets out and figure out how to make it work. And um, so, so yeah, you, you asked that. Um, yeah, there's, there's, so now I'm, I'm, I've still got the agency. Um, I, I've got a few people and I'm, I, I've got a certain level, but I'm also looking at scale and courses coaching uh, more and, and doing things like that, building, productizing a few aspects of what I do. Yeah, no, that's, and it's interesting because there's like not a right or wrong answer. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Whatever, whatever the thing is. I'll tell you what I'm not though. I'm, I did through this process. I'm not a tech startup guy. I learned yeah. that. Way. I mean, I, went, I almost fell into depression, like race funding, you know, in those the first 60 days, it was so quiet. Right. I had wound down my agency. I'd rolled clients over to like uh, Brad picked up some of my clients, my mentor that I mentioned. And, um, you know, so got them in a good place. But it was just you weren't getting the calls. You know, I wasn't selling and all that business development. And um, that's just about it about killed my soul. I was like this, you know, and I love I thought the idea and the concept was great and, and still think it would have been something that was huge. But um, that's that just is not me. Yeah. No. And I feel like you don't know those things until you try them out. No, you don't. Where it's like it's a, it's just a valuable experience that if you ever are an agency for a tech startup, you're going to know what they're talking about. Right, right, no doubt. Yeah, it's also interesting to think about that question. Like you said, something that struck me where you you mentioned that when you started, you said, "I, I don't want this to be a corporate agency. Right? I want this to be something that I build. There's a little bit of a legacy." And I experienced something similar. Sometimes I feel like it's not until we're forced out of it. Like for me, I had to, I, I was going to school. I got my four-year degree in eight years. I was on the accelerated path. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
only failed out once, but the other stuff, it just took me a little while. Right? And uh, that, the interesting thing though was, it wasn't until I was doing a year of mission in Chile, where I was like, I got to figure out how to make this agency run without me, because I can't change ads in sure. Christmas Day, right? And I, I'll, I, it would be really interesting to hear your journey, just like, it sounds like you got great priorities. Like, yeah, daughters first. This is, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is a really exciting thing to work on, but not as exciting as my daughters. 100%. And, and um, uh, they were always the priority. The families, yeah. just to be clear, because even when I was working those crazy hours, it was, you know, they were feeling the reward of that growth, right? And, and, yeah. um, and I know now I understand that it's, you know, they want me. You know, and, and I'm not willing to give that up time time with me. But um, but in my mind, while I you know if I go back, I thought I was doing it for them. And, and there was a whole charitable aspect to us giving and figuring out where we're going to donate. And you know, um, and, and and so, anyways. But um, yeah, these days again, I'm trying to press less buttons uh, when and if I can. But I still do. Um, you know, whether it was any anything I've done, eighty percent of the revenue has always been generated through my own digital marketing. Right. So when I jump off with you, I'm working on a campaign right now for some of the course stuff I mentioned earlier. Um, and so so I run those ads and I can I can punch the gas pedal at any time to, to pick up clients where, you know, what you're talking about is, um, you know, if I if, if I'm bringing on a client that's in a new space, it's an unknown sort of territory, niche, whatever. Um, that's when that learning process starts. If I pick up clients in a similar industry, I know there's overlap and things like that, best practices, key learnings that I can carry over. Um, but, you know, it really is a process with, with a new vertical. You got to figure it out. You know, you've got, you got, you've got some assumptions and again, best practices you can kind of bake into what you're doing, but it's a new domain. And I, it typically takes, it's, it's only the first two, three months with a client that that crazy sort of amount of hours and work goes in. And then you, we, we, we'll find it, you know, given the time that, uh, about eight weeks in, that's when, you know, you get to sort of more rinse and repeat uh, formula. Yeah. This is, this is a question that like came up for me. I don't remember sure. your post or what it came up, but it would, if you had a team member that would tackle that side of things, like, would you rather have a team member that does all the new learning or would you miss it too much? No, I'd, I'd miss it. So, you know, I always, you know, my idea in my head is kind of chief opportunity officer. If you had to give give me a title, right? I don't know what you, like, if Apex had grown to this hundred person agency, right? I want, I didn't want to be the person leading it and running it. I wanted to kind of be in my workshop by myself, doing my thing, looking for opportunity. Yeah, right. Preach, preach. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so um, that that's what I love love to do. And so yeah, the competitive side of that, and and yeah, for sure, I think that I always want to try to be involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like the tinkering because I, I found myself in a really similar place where I, I got back and it was embarrassing, but I left for a year. And my agency was more profitable while I was gone than I was here. That's and insane. It was, Great. It was just, like, I just didn't mess with stuff, right? Like, I was gone and they could just run the processes that were working and I wasn't here to mess with stuff. And I was, it was kind of humbling because you think, like, I make stuff happen. I'm actually helpful. And you go, wow, I'm not actually that helpful. Yeah. And more like I extracted myself and just, yeah, I, I can appreciate that vibe, right? Because yeah. I want to work on fun new things. Oh, for sure. I, I they, um, my staff would call me the mad scientist because I would, I'd, I'd get in before anybody else. I'd be in the office, door would be closed. You know, I might come out a little bit and then I'd come out at the end of the day and be like, we're about to test this and show it to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So. That makes I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm similar in this, and I think like I'm not a good leader. That oh, for sure, for that sure. requires like steadiness, and I got good long term vision, but not a great option for just yeah, yeah. There's definitely there. like um, yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of like I my have you ever heard of culture index? It's a personality or a yeah, I haven't taken yes. that. I'm a I'm a trailblazer, and so it's a visionary profile, but. You know, we're not at 50,000 feet. We're more at like 10, 20 and we're moving really fast, you know? Yeah. And so it's hard for people to keep up and um, it's hard to slow down to try to take them along with you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. And it's just, and it's like, wow, it's an exciting place to be. And the, I think the other problem that I'll see sometimes is people try to change that about themselves where they go, sure, I'm, sure. Not, I'm a trailblazer, but I should be an uh, admiral or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. You know, they look at it and or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very consistent. They're always like looking at the, they're getting the slowest person up with them. And yeah, it, it was, it was really freeing to step away from and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to have a CEO now and I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to, sure. This. Yeah. I can appreciate it. I feel like, you know, and just to, to your point, that's what, one of the reasons we implemented culture index. I like Enneagram as well. If you've heard of that one, um, figuring out how to get the right people in the right seats on the bus you know, and um, certainly play to their strengths. You know, you can't, it's like if 80% of the time they can do things that they're, you know, are suited, well suited to, to take care of whatever that job function is, that's great. They're always going to have some stuff that they're probably not going to want to do. It just is what it is. Everybody does. I don't want to do, I thought for a long time I could outrun my P&L and, you know, finances, finances and all that. But, uh, you know, now it's like there's 20% of the time it's like it's, got, it's devoted to that stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Um, Wow, we could go down a PL tangent. Yeah. I'm avoiding yeah. it. I'm holding myself back. So right now, what are you guys working on at Apex? Like, I feel like every agency owner has always got a constraint that they're working on in this moment. And what do you mean, what do you mean by constraint? Sorry to interrupt. I interrupted you. But yeah, no, that's really quick. Um, where you say, okay, here's the next step in Apex's growth. Oftentimes, we got a clear vision of where we want to go. I'm like, I know where I want my business to go. But there's something that's holding it back, right? I can do the spreadsheet math. I can figure out what I want to do to get us there. But there's, uh, for us, right, it's that we have a small universe. We sell to enterprise company, $100 million and above that are looking, marketing directors and above. There's 300,000 of those people. And we do cold outreach to a lot of them. And so the conversion rates are so low on the outreach, it's very profitable. But we would need like $3 million to get to a $30 million company. Right. Right, and right. so that's just, unless they start having more marketing director babies and then like, nope, birthing them right there, ready to go, we got a problem. Sure, so sure. that's like my big constraint is higher lead efficiency. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's just always interesting to hear what, you know, you know where you want to go. What's the thing that you're working on? Sure, yeah. So, um, I mean, there there is an opportunity. We talked about this before jump, jumping on and I'm not sure if we've talked about it while we're recording, but as I mentioned, so I'm the subject matter expert for the SBA on digital marketing, right? They're, they're thriving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so there, there's a lot of small business owners in every state that I'm I'm training and helping to learn digital marketing and how to implement that for their businesses, but they're coming to me to get help, right? And so there is this sort of baked in opportunity that's happening. It's organic to the process of them becoming clients. Um, and I'm looking at scaling things back up, but how I continue to do that and the right people, right? It's that's always the people problem, right? But bringing the right people on, and I'm getting that sort of infrastructure in place now to do what I've done before and go even past that, but never 
as far as my time goes and, and, and sacrificing of that, that time up. And that's, that's how I look at things now. Um, it's just, you know, do I get to kind of live the lifestyle that I want to live for me and my daughters and spend that time with, with them? Um, and, and I have a, you know, I've always been used in the marketing. So again, we, we would run our own ads to grow the agency, still do. Um, I'm a Mickey Mouse doing the song and dance on the videos, right? The only reason that's the case is because it works. It just happens to work. We tested other people. Um, I was, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm agnostic to it. It's like, you know, so anyways, but it's always been me. Um, but now as the agency, the service side builds back up, I do want to try to productize the coaching and course side of things um, and, and stepping out in, into just Corbett Chandler and using my name to do that and influence and experience. Um, I, it's not comfortable for me. Um, but, uh, I ultimately am trying to swallow sort of that part of things and just, okay, this is actually going to help businesses. You're bringing value, right? And that's what it's about. And there's a lot of scale here and it's allowing you to do the things you want to do, um, with your time, right. As opposed to the service side. Um, so, so yeah, I guess, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of all that's in my, all that's going on in my head right now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I heard. You tell me what I get right. So there's almost like a two pronged attack. Um, the last thing first is that. You're looking at doing coaching courses. You're saying, hey, this is a way that I can, um, yeah, help people in a more scalable way, maybe you could say, that doesn't require punching them on keyboard as much. Or they can't afford our services, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point, too. Yeah, can't afford it. And so it's it's like we've got a wider net of businesses that we know we can serve with this. And hey, got a great face for video. Some of us have face for podcasts. you got a great face for video. <laughs> you and then on the agency side, it's a question of how do we scale back up without losing the freedom that you've built when you scale back? Is that more or less? That's right? it. No, you um, said it you know, much more eloquently and uh, uh, concise than I, I did. But yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, those are hard. Those are both. I've, it's interesting because we're in the same spot for the coaching stuff, right? We're... I looked at it, mine was a little bit of a different angle where I just thought, I love agency owners. I like talking to them. I want to buy another agency. I want to just like start doing some coaching for them. And that's how agency happens. Right? And okay. That's, and that's where we say, hey, we got our agency here. Do you want some help doing it? It'll shortcut your process because it kind of sucks if you're really banging your head against it, right? Sure. And, and so you're you're flipped on it. You're like, hey, I, I know I can do this coaching stuff. And, or do you already do coaching courses? Is that a new thing? Yeah, no, I, I've had them, but I haven't ever, you know, I haven't really invested in them like I would need to to really get get exposure and to and to grow them into something that's actually. It, there's some there there are there are people that are uh, that have paid for the course that are in, in the models or subscription models, but yeah. it's just always been an afterthought, and now yeah. it's more priority. Yeah, you haven't turned down the ad magic. Yeah, no, I'll never, I don't know that I'll ever turn it down. You know, that's uh, like, again, I'm chopping up the bit, like, I, and I'm enjoying our time. And, uh, but uh, when I jump, jump off, I'm going to be running ads for, for something else I'm working on, you know? So it's yeah, just, that's super fun. Yeah, that's cool. Well, so going in, you, know, you got those two problem sections. Let's focus a little bit on that, getting the agency scaled up question. What resources do you use to learn? Because I feel like a big value this show brings is we get to hear where other people are learning how to solve that problem. So, yeah. Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? Hopefully, are you? All, all, yeah. No, I will now. Um, but, but no, it's it's. I, I consume a, a ton of information. So I, um, actually, this is working at uh, the franchise brand. Um, we would listen to podcasts in the car, and we called it Automobile University. 
Um, oh yeah, that's But that so I still do that to to this day, and it can be it can be stuff that's just I'm interested in. A lot of times it's it's based on the industry and, and trade, and um, you know, other than that, I, I'm consuming a ton of information constantly. Um, and, and you know, it's like you're the average of your your, your five closest friends, right? Um, and so I'm trying to I, I always want to be around and surround myself with people who are much smarter than me and brilliant and learn from them, right? Just like however I can rub foreheads together and and and. Uh-huh. Yeah, little nuggets of information and and so that you know that's 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 what i try to do um i couldn't you know as far as like formally sitting down reading books i love reading i don't do it as much as i used to because i just i'm I'm busy um so but i'm consuming information online constantly um and it's like wherever the the interest is or the need is or what i'm trying to learn you know i'll pay for courses i'll pay for inner circles um and you know i I do that stuff because it's, you know, it forces me to, to, to push myself and to have accountability and to grow, you know? So, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I think it's also interesting. I have like a little informal tally going on people that are entrepreneurs and how likely they are to invest in other courses. Yeah. And generally the ones that seem to be making a lot of progress are people who are like, yep, I invest. I try out new stuff. Any, if you're going to recommend one, one resource for other agency owners, on you growing your agency or systemizing it more, whatever. What would that be? Because we just like to get the name out for other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, as far as like a tool or a coaching course or like any of the above, just something useful where you're like, this is the one thing you really need. So mm-hmm. it could be a hundred day mastermind, could be a hundred yeah, yeah. Um that that's a great question. Well um I, so I would say so you're you're familiar with click click funnels, I'm assuming. Yeah. So anything with Russell, Russell, what's that? I said they have some combo awards or something. Yeah. Two combo award, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but, but Russell, Russell Brunson, who, who founded it, I, I would say, follow him on social media, look up his YouTube videos. Actually, if you're starting a business or trying to sell a product or a service, there's a seven minute video on YouTube, of Russell Brunson talking about um, why it's so important that your product has a story, but basically tells you how to do it because um, it, it, it has to do with working your personal brand into the purpose and the reason for why you're selling a product. But anyways, um, he, he's just always active and he's, um, you know, I don't go to the conferences and events and things like that, but I consume the content he puts out. He puts out a lot of, a lot of good content, but there's, there's a ton of people. I mean, Dan Kennedy, you talked about direct response, get no BS brand building. One of, one of his books, pick it up. Um, Russell Brunson has, um, um, what is it? Internet secrets, uh, uh, his book. And, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of great guys, Justin Lofton. Um, uh, you know, I can't just name one Ryan Dice. Um, I'm trying to think who else, Brad Bearden. I don't think he has anything anybody can pick up though. He's keeping it close to the best. Um, uh, my mentor. Um, and there's one other that I, that I try to follow. Um, I can't think of his, Oh, Jason Hornig. Um, oh yeah. 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 So there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's, it's, you know, a lot of times again, I'll, I'll sit through things and either I've learned it before or know it, but there's, it's like the 20% rule. You're, I pick up things and I'm like, and that, that, that little piece that you pick up is a gold nugget uh, yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and ch- have somebody to chase, you know, um, Tony, whether it's Tony Robbins, um, um, uh, God, I'm losing, um, my train of thought, but, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Well, anybody, anybody that I just mentioned, you know, looking at what they're doing, 
they're all running ads. They're all running marketing. And you can go in the Facebook ad library. Um, you, Google has an ad library. You can look at the ads and the landing pages and reverse engineer that sort of strategy. And I do that a lot for myself and clients. Yeah. No, that's actually, I mean, I think you just hit on the last thing that is probably one of the places where you get the most truth, where if you look, it's like, you want to know if their ads are profitable? See how long they've been running it for. Yeah. And, uh, depending on the vertical, right? Some verticals can afford to lose more money than others, or whatever. But Nike or some big brand, they just dump money. Yeah. Each impressions, yeah, yeah. But a lot of these folks, like you can learn so much from just what they're doing. So well, thanks for bringing that one up. I, yeah, I of course, I mentioned, but that's a really good one. I, that I, I don't have, like I can sniff out opportunity. That's just kind of a natural sort of, um, that's innate to my sort of core. But I don't have that raw ingenuity that some people have. It's rare, like a Steve Jobs, like just invent something out of air. But I just I I learned through reverse engineering, you know, swipe and deploy what other people are doing. You know, I'm not trying to copy or rip off. It's it's not even used for the same purpose a lot of times. But it's like, what can I take from that and put over here to make it work? Yeah, I mean, bro, that's a that's a powerful technique, and I think there's a lot of. Um, I don't know, there's a certain grace that comes, right? It's like steal like an artist. And yeah. it's it's a real shared creativity that comes. So one hundred percent. Wow. Well, Corbett, if people want to get in touch with you, you know, if they say, Wow, this was an excellent episode and I need some help in my business or I just want to sure. see about this guy's courses, how would they find you? Well, so I'm going to, uh, I'll plug my personal website, CorbettChandler.com. So Corbett C O R B I T T Chandler.com. Um, that'd be the first place kind of that's being revamped for some stuff we've been talking about. And then apex current, my agency site, um, apex current.com. Um, check, check it out as well. Um, and then on social media, Instagram at Corbett Chandler, I'm not a Twitter guy, uh, but I'm on Facebook as well. But Instagram is kind of the only social media that I'm, if I'm active, that's where I'm active. Nice. So <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm the reverse. I'm like, I'm a Twitter yeah. guy. Like uh, okay. I'm really active and not, I play college football, but I'm not into sports. And I feel like it's either celebrity stuff or people that are into sports on Twitter. And, and uh, so oh, anyway, yeah. I, oh, I, I, we just got to get you the right ones. There's some fascinating accounts. I bet. I, I feel like I just follow like small business Twitter, of, like people buying other businesses or something. Well, maybe you can send me some after this. You'll get me, hey, maybe on board. It's sweet. We'll get it. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. I realized I forgot the mid-roll commercial, so I'll just throw it in now. Usually I do my mid-roll, but uh, yeah. Awesome. Corbett, thanks so much for coming on. It was a joy to have you. Just, I really appreciate the priorities that you showed in your life and the way that you've woven that into your whole journey. So, absolutely, Lance. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it, man. Really yeah, enjoyed. Great guest. Take care.